Welcome back to <laughs> another episode, another Likudim Maran Shir. This is the second Shir in Torah Zion, Lesson 7. We began it last week. It's going to be a shorter Shir tonight because a lot of people are away, so I don't want to go that far ahead. <laughs> and a, uh, also next week I'm not going to be here. So there's going to be no Shir next week. Uh, but Baruch Hashem, there's a lot to talk about. I wanted to recap and flesh out a little bit what we're talking about. Go a little bit ahead and learn a little bit of peace in Sichas Aran and really go, you know, there's two ways to cover ground. One is vertical, right? You go linear and the other is horizontal. Does that make sense? You could cover distance or you could go deeper. So I want to go deeper, right? Go a little bit deeper to really appreciate and understand uh, what we're talking about here. So last week, what we were began to see is the uh, connection between Amuna and Tfila, that there's a faith and prayer, there's a direct connection between our Amuna and how we daven, right? That it's pretty, it, it's pretty apparent, right? It's obvious that Tfila and Amuna go together. But over here, Rabbi Nachman highlights, or he kind of dissects it a little bit more specifically, that a person needs to believe in what he calls the Koach HaMechadesh, the power of rejuvenation, that Hashem has this power to influence creation. That we know, we know, right? That not that one of the main things of Amuna that Hashem could do whatever He wants to do, right? But here He's calling this Koach HaMechadish, this ability to intervene, renew, and rejuvenate anything in creation as he, see, as he sees fit, right? So this force, this like ability to intervene. Now, this is not new to us, right? We know that Hashem could do anything that He wants, but there's something about the language, there's something about the articulation of it, like understanding that there's a Koach HaMechadesh, calling it that name, that really highlights and brings out a whole new, deeper understanding, this power of rejuvenation. Uh, the problem is, you know, we all know that Hashem could intervene with the creation, Hashem does, but the problem is that we lose sight of this force of rejuvenation, the power of rejuvenation. We look at, and this is what Rabbi Nachman is explaining, that we look at Teva and nature in our lives, and we think to ourselves, really, what's the point in praying? What's the point in davening? Nothing's going to change. I've davened so many times, so we lose motivation in order to put our energy into tefillah. So we don't really believe in this Koach HaMechadesh, we don't really believe that our lives are going to change. That could be circumstances in our life, right? Or that could be inner emotional circumstances that we find ourselves in. And we don't really believe that Hashem is going to change it for me, right? Yeah, Hashem could do it, but Hashem's so far out there, right? So if you ask anyone, Judaism 1 yeah, Hashkacha Pratis, right? But we don't really wrap our mind around this power of rejuvenation, this force of rejuvenation that obviously Hashem has, and this ability to override Teva, to override the nature as we see fit, right? And as Rabbi Nachman explains last week, uh, what we learned, how this is really the Gullus mentality, right? He was explaining there's in Gullus and Geula, Mitzrayim, so he was saying that this is the mindset or the attitude of Mitzrayim, that in Mitzrayim they were covered up all the miracles, and they said, no, everything is nature, right? Every, everything is nature. There's no such thing as miracles. So this is really, it's not only about uh, historic Egypt, you know? It's about our attitudes that we have 
our, our gullus attitudes, our exile attitudes that we have around tefillah and around prayer that nothing's really going to change. Right? So when we have that attitude that, well, everything in our lives is, is set, it's guided, it is what it is, right? So then that's really the, the uh, consciousness or the perceptions or the attitude of, or the moch and the mindset of gullus, of exile. It is what it is, right? And that's what is in Mitzrayim that they were, that they covered over the miracles. So exile is this, again, this gullus idea is our lack of, so it comes out that our, the gullus idea is our lack of belief in the abilities of our prayers to be actually effective, right? Because we don't think that our prayers, so we'll daven, we'll daven three times a day, right? We don't really believe in our tefillah's ability to be effective. We don't believe in ourselves, our own ability to be effective. That our tefillah should actually make an impact on Hashem and cause something to happen or some circumstance to be different in our lives. So we're really, in a certain way, we think that, uh, so we're really cut off from our true selves, from really believing in our tefillah's ability to make an impact. So then we look at it and we say, well, prayer, that's futile. What's the point of davening? Because I daven so many times for things that either I think it didn't happen, and it, right? My tefillahs were never answered, or what did, I, but even more so than that, I think people think, well, what did we really accomplish? Which means like if you learn a block Gemara, you learn the page, right? Yeah, I started off, so my kids call it the page. Did you learn your page, right? <laughs> so if you learn the page, so you're like, okay, I did, right? I covered it, I covered ground. You learn Mishnah, you learn Torah, even you daven from a sitter. You're like, okay, I covered ground. I say, Tehillim Yomi, I covered ground. I did something, right, I accomplished. But what about just sitting and talking to Hashem, right? We don't really feel that we did anything. We don't really feel, because ultimately we believe that our prayers are not effective. We, we think that this koach hamachadish, this power of rejuvenation, that everything's tevo, what the Mitzram said, that, oh, it just is what it is. Like, you're not really going to change much with your tefillahs. So even though we know conceptually that, yeah, Hashem could do anything that we want, but we really don't believe, uh, we really don't believe in our ability to affect change through our prayers because we don't really think that davening is doing, accomplishes anything, right? What did you do today? I davened. Okay, did you do anything else? <laughs> you know, I went to chakras. Now I have to learn, right? So we don't really think that we, we don't really look at davening as accomplishing. But Rabbi Nachman, he really highlighted, and this is, you know, he said this millions, dozens of times, and he really hammered this in and refocused our attention to the truth of tefillah, that when we daven, we're at, that's actually called doing something. Davening's called, an act, he considered it an action. He considered it as if you're succeeding in doing something, right? So... People say, oh, you have to do, you have to do, yeah, 100% you have to, but Rabbi Nachman held that davening is considered accomplishing, succeeding in doing something. Right? But we're so distorted in the way that we even approach tefillah to begin with that we think that it's not really doing, what did I really accomplish? Right? And that's what Rabbi Nachman is saying, that, the, um, that that's gullus, right? That gullus happens from lack of amuna, that we don't know our true selves, we don't know our true identity, because we don't really believe that our prayers are going to affect change. And this is exile, exile of the self. And also physical exile, right? That 
says that the Eschanan, that they, uh, Moshe Davin, Kiminian Eschanan, if Hashem said one more, you don't Davin one more. Why? Because if he Davin one more, he would have overturned Hashem. He, Hashem would have let him in. So Hashem said, don't Davin one more tefillah. Right? Because then I'm going to have to listen to you that. So much so our tefillahs have the ability to override Hashem Kaviyachl, so to speak. Right? It says in Sikha Saran, it says in one thing, it says, uh, it brings a Gemara, I think it's Gemara and Brachas, but I'm not sure, that it says, Lamanatseach Mizmor Ledavid. Lamanatseach, we find to Hillim. So the Gemara says, Ashri mi Shemenatschimbo Visameach. Right? The Gemara says, Minatseach, Lamanatseach comes from Minatseach to be victorious, to win over, like Netzach, eternity. So the Gemara says, what is it, Lamanatseach? Praiseworthy is the person who defeats. Uh, who is defeated and they're happy that they get defeated. So the Gemara continues that Hashem is not like Basar Vadam. Because man, when you win over him and you beat him in battle, he's upset. You beat him. But Hashem, when you defeat Hashem in Tefillah, so Hashem is happy. Right? That's what it says, that we have the ability to be to win over Hashem with our Tefillahs. So that's an incredible thing. That's an amazing, that's an amazing thing. So it comes out that the real magic over here, the real uh, ingredient is really faith in ourselves, is believing that we could affect change with our tefillahs, with our power of prayer. We believe that the force of reju- in the force of Kalachimachadish, force of rejuvenation. So the more we believe in ourselves, in our own ability to pray, the more we believe in ourselves, we'll believe that our tefillahs actually have the ability to affect change in the world. This is incredible, right? Because it comes out that all these distortions that we have is that we really don't have, we really don't have proper amuna in ourselves. Unbelievable, mm-hmm. unbelievable. So I wanted to read from this piece in Sichas Aran over here. Sichas Aran Kuf Mem. That's 140. And Kuf is 100, 140. And uh, and this really highlights how much so we have to have amuna in ourselves. Okay, uh, so this is uh, Rabbi Nassan writing his own experience in conversation with Rabbi Nachman. Okay, Inyan Hanidfas Right when Rabbi Na- when I was talking over this uh, Torah lesson with Rabbi Nachman on the pasuk, and here's our parsha connection. I usually like to bring it earlier, but it comes up right now. They didn't listen to. Uh, Moshe, because they were kotzeruach, they were short breath, and ma'avoda kasha, and from the hard work that they were doing. Sha'al yidei katnas emunah tzrichim la'avodas kashas. And he said, through small emunah, katnas emunah, you need to have avodas kashos. You need to have hard work. Difficult work, painful work. So ayin sham, look over there. Amaditi lefanam kisht. Now, Reb Nassim saying about himself, I stood in front of him, baffled, and my mind was completely astounded when he said this. Because it appeared to me that I did have a little bit of muna. So what Reb Nassim said, he said, what does it mean, avoda kasha? That if you don't have a lot of muna, life is difficult. Right? So Reb Nassim said, when I heard that, I was baffled. It knocked the wind out of me because it appeared to me that I did have a little bit of a Muna and was wondering why is life so hard for me? Right? 
So anava Omar Biloshum Gariktas. so so Rabbi Nachman saw that I was astounded and he opened up and he said to me in a screaming, booming voice, Ke Omer Vim Yeshlcha Amuna. He says, And you think that you have you have Amuna? Ain Lacha Amuna Baatzmacha. You don't have Amuna in yourself. The Hiskir Miyad Maimar Rabasinu Zakhona Viracha Kimi Basl Yom Katnas. Mi Garam Litzadikim Shiz Bazbe Shulchan Laslavo Katnas Shiabahem Baatzma Shalo Heminu Bahem Baatzman. Right? So Rabbi Nachman said, Rabbi Nelson was astounded. He said, I, after all these years, I, did, I, I don't know, I was wondering why my life's so hard, but you're saying it's hard because I don't have a Muna, right? After all these years, I, I tried having a Muna, right? So Rabbi Nachman screamed at him and he said, you don't have a Muna in yourself, right? You don't believe in yourself, right? I know that sounds cliche, but you don't believe in yourself. <laughs> if you really believed in yourself, right, you would dive into Hashem. You wouldn't have any suffering. Because you daven to Hashem, you believe in your tefillah's ability to a, uh, have an impact, to make a difference, and you'd be running after tefillah. You'd see the kolch machadish. you'd really recognize that. And this is what he says, he brings from this pasuk, uh, from this chazal, that it says, who, that what causes tzaddikim, uh, that they don't get as much on their table in the future world. Right, they had the smallness that they had of themselves, that they didn't really believe in themselves, that tzaddikim, that they're going to uh, have less of a portion on their table in a certain way, it, because they didn't have belief in themselves. If they really, really believed in themselves, they would have, I guess, on their level, a grander banquet, uh, a grander banquet on the table. So he says, And Rashi over there explains that uh, they had small emuna. But if you really explore the Gemara, you'll see that uh, they, it wasn't just Stam, they had small emuna, they didn't have emuna in themselves. The Yesh Lefarish Lefiza, and it comes out according to this, Shelo Heiminu Ba Kadosh Baruch Hu Shehu Tov Lakol, Veheim Chashuvim Ugedoylim Be'enav Yisbarach. Right? They didn't, uh, so it comes out that they really didn't believe that Hashem is good to everyone, and they were Chashuvim Ugedoylim Be'enav Yisbarach. And they didn't believe that they were important in Hashem's eyes. Umach Mazeh Haya Behen Katnas. And because of this, this caused them to small-mindedness. This caused them to be in a lower state of consciousness. And this t- caused them to have that, what we're saying, this, this gal- yeah, they were tzaddikim, nevertheless, but this caused us to have this gullus mentality, the mentality of the, mitz- of the mitzvah. And this was their main uh, lowness of emunah, that they didn't have emunah in themselves. So we obviously really, really need to believe that to have that Hashem is good and Hashem is totally good. Hashem is not coming to be batrona alabrius. Hashem is not coming to inflict pain, pain games, or taunt us in any way, shape, or form. And when we believe in the goodness of Hashem, when we believe that Hashem is tov lakol, so then we'll really increase our tefillah. We'll believe in ourselves, but we feel so beaten up and down by the world, battered by the world itself, that we think, oh, what's going to happen next? What's next in line? <laughs> you know? But really over here we have to believe in Hashem's goodness, that Hashem is good to everyone. And that causes us to really believe in ourselves. It gives us that chizuk, that strength, in order 
to believe in ourselves. And just a little bit further in this piece in Sikhas Aran, and the rule is understood from his words. A person needs to believe in themselves that they are still precious in the eyes of Hashem. According to Hashem's greatness and goodness, that's how much Hashem values you in His own eyes. Amazing, right? That we need to really, really take this lesson to heart and really believe that, that, a, uh, that Hashem is Ata Hashem listens to the kolpeh, the voice of every single mouth. Of every single mouth. And this is what we had the Ramban in last week. In last week's Parsha that the Jews in Mitzram at that time, it says, They groaned, they screamed, they yelled, all from the difficult avodas kasha, all from the difficult things that they had. So the Ramban explains, but I don't have it inside now, but the Ramban explains in those Psukim that how Hashem listens to our tefillahs and even the, even the screaming, the shaiva, the yearning, the longing, the, ah, he's screaming to Hashem, or the inner scream that a person has to Hashem, Hashem heard that. They didn't even, couldn't even speak. The na'achu, they groaned. Ah, right? The tsa'aku, they screamed. Right? And they had all these lushans of tefillah that were incomplete tefillahs. They were just inner yearnings and inner longings. And Hashem takes those words and makes amazing words. And Reb Nassim says in another place, he says it's like when a baby uh, speaks. Our tefillah is like when a baby speaks. A baby goes, eh, bah, bah. And you're like, look, he said Abba. You know? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, they said, please pass the steak. You know? And they're like, yeah, bah, bah, bah. oh, look, do you see what they said? So just like our tefillahs sometimes are like that to Hashem, they're incomplete words, incomplete sentences, so too Hashem, but and when, our ch- when our child does that, we delight in every word, but in our tefillahs, Hashem takes our little words, our little bit of tefillahs anyways, whatever we put into our tefillahs, however, basically fractured and fragmented tefillahs, Hashem takes those tefillahs and makes amazing, amazing delights and shashuim and makes full words out of them just like a parent does to their child. Amazing. So we really just, again, you know, we really, really need to understand that even when, that the whole attitude of the mitzvah were is that Hashem doesn't listen to your tefillahs, right? Everything's nature, so there's no point in davening. There's no nisim, nothing at all, right? And therefore we need to believe that no matter what we do, no matter what happened, even on the lowest and the filthiest of levels, no matter how much we messed up in our lives, right, that Hashem listens, Hashem listens to the, I once heard a diak, what does it mean, it should say, the voice of every mouth, it should say, Hashem listens to the words of every mouth, what's the kolpeh, the voice, this kol, because the kol is just the sound, just like we're saying that, ah, screaming, and the, and the yelling, and the inner kvechsing, and all these things, that even if you don't have the ability to articulate yourself and make words, Hashem listens to the sound of your voice, right? Hashem listens just to the coal itself, right? So it's an incredible, it's an incredible thing, and we actually see this is what happened in Mitzrayim, that they were kvechsing and they were, they were making all these sounds, grunting and whatever it is, and Hashem listened to those, that was the tefillahs that Hashem held in such high esteem, that as the Ramban explains, that was the things that one of the things that brought about uh, brought to the Geula. So, to segue this into the, the next part over here, and look at the Maran, 
So we really, we really need to look at the truth, the MS. And Rabbi Nachman is going to explain that MS and Amuna go hand in hand. Truth and faith go hand in hand. So now he's talking about Torah. He was talk, up until now he's talking about Tefillah and Amuna and Geula, how they all wrapped up and together in the opposite, right? Now he's going to say that you have to have MS, you have to have Amuna coupled with MS, truth. That in order to reach this level of Tefillah, you're going to have to plug in MS over here. Uh, as relevant to how we're explaining it now is that you need to look at the truth, really, of who you are, and the truth, uh, not the shallow truth, which is the truth of our virus and the truth of our sins and the truth of our distortion, saying what's the point, but we need to look even beyond that to our deeper nature, to our good points, to our essence, our deeper nature and our bitter feelings, to our essential goodness that we have. We need to go deeper to that truth and once we have that truth, then, as we said about believing in our goodness, believing in ourselves, once we appreciate that truth, then tefillah becomes more natural. So now, Rabbi Nachman's going to join this together, and then after this we'll do a uh, little piece in the Kutai Lachas on this. Okay, so this is picking up. We're just going to read a few lines here because, as you see, the Sefer is broken up Aleph, Beis, Gimel. So we'll just do the base. Base paragraph, it's only a few sentences. But it's impossible to come to Amuna, to come to faith. Uh, it's only through MS, through truth. Like the Zohar explains, MS. So tzedek needs to, this aspect of tzedek needs to gird its loins, loins, it needs to prepare itself for battle. And how does tzedek, righteousness, justice, prepare itself for battle? So he said, first the Zohar says that tzedek is amuna, right, righteous and justiceness is amuna, he says. And then he says that, uh, so how do you get this amuna? When you join together MS, when you join together truth. So when you join together truth, when you look at the truth, of life, when you look at the truth of things, so then you come to Amuna. So these are a little bit cryptic words. Yeah. A little bit of cryptic words. So, Rav Nassan, Baruch Hashem for Rav Nassan. As they say, a breast liver saying, it says, the uh, Imlo Nasa in Tehillim, it's one of the Shir Shalyoms, I think on Wednesday, yeah, right? We say in Tehillim, David Amel says, the Imlo Nasan Lanu Lamot Raglenu, that if Hashem wouldn't have given us uh, the Torah, if not for Hashem, if Hashem wouldn't have given us, then our feet would have faltered, our legs would have stumbled. So the breast of her saying is, V'imlo uh, nasan lanu, right? If, we did, if we're not for Rev Nasan, lamot raglenu, our feet were faltered. Now that we look to Rev Nasan and the chizuk and the amazingness of Rev Nasan, V'imlo nasan lanu, if not for Rev Nasan, lamot raglenu. So, quick one-minute download on Lakuta Halachas, because this is the first time I'm learning a, long, a little bit of a longer piece with this year. Uh, Rav Nassim wrote eight volumes on every halacha in Shulchan Aruch, arranged according to topic, according to Shulchan Aruch. So there's Or Chaim, three volumes Or Chaim, there's Evan Ezer, there's Yeridea, there's Choshen Mishpat, and they, uh, I, don't think, I don't know, did I forget one? I don't remember. I don't think so, right? And they, uh, trying to think if I did. Uh, but anyways, he wrote the panemius of every single halacha in the Torah. And he also, what he did was, 
not only did he write the Pinimius of Shulchan Aruch, but he showed how Rabbi Nachman's teachings exactly express the, what the halacha was teaching. So whatever the halacha was teaching, Rabbi Nachman takes this whole, uh, these, all these uh, hasagos and perceptions and ideas and that uh, Rabbi Nachman speaks and Rabbi Nachman really fleshes that and shows, makes it practical and shows how the halacha was exactly expressing what Rabbi Nachman was talking about. So it brings it down to another level. And a discourse could be anywhere from one page to 30 pages. And again, you see the genius of Reb Nussin that Reb Nussin a, uh, was putting everything together. And, but when he does, when he explains, he's also being mafarish l'kutim aran. Right? So the questions and the things that are vague, uh, he really fleshes out and speaks. Now we're not going to learn this whole piece, but this is l'kut ha'alachas orchayim hilchas pesach halacha zayin. So uh, we're going to jump. Uh, we're not. We're not. Gonna, we're definitely not going to learn the whole pe- the whole piece over here, because it's probably like fifteen pages. But I just wanted to pick out a paragraph or two that really touch on this uh, piece. Okay. So he explains how this ha- how this all this piece has to fit with fits with Pesach. But for us, we're just going to pick out a point over here. Okay. Vizet picking up over here. Vizet ikar avodas adam kol this is uh, the main uh, work of a person all the days of his life. And this is why a person comes to this world, which is to merit to in order to recognize Hashem, right? to know the purpose of all the purposes. Right? And all the... Uh, the and the main thing and all the miracles that Hashem did for us in Mitzrayim that He took us out and He gave us the Torah with all sorts of amazing things that He did for our answers and with us. From the times of Egypt until now, in every generation, it's all in order to glorify and publicize the divinity. Uh, Hashem's divinity, and to make it known that He is the ruler, who Ayotzer, He is the former, who This is the creator of the world. Uh, may His name go up for eternity. In order that we should have a Muna. So all the whole world history is only for us to have a Muna. Now He's going to explain this Emes and Amuna point. He's going to ask a question. Okay? And we explained in this Torah. It's impossible to come to Emunah only through Emes. Truth. That it said that Sedek would gird itself and Emunah would be its belt. Right? And the Zohar uh, was bothered and he said, it says, This Sedek, this justice is really Emunah. So what does Zohar say? No, it says that Sedek is really truth, and the truth needs to be joined together with Amuna. They need to join MS and Amuna together. Okay, Nimsa. So it comes out, and this is more relevant to us. Uh, you know, the main thing of Amuna is through truth. How do you get to Amuna? You get to Amuna through being truthful. We already explained this a little. 
There's more to explain to this with the Chesed of Hashem. The main thing of Amunah is, is what your mind doesn't understand. Because what your mind understands is not called Amunah. Right? If you understand it, it's not called Amunah. Then it's called truth. It's only called Amunah if you don't understand it. Right? So if you don't understand it, so only something that you don't understand is, is where you could have a muna. Right? The im kain ma'achr she'enu meven hadover eich yavo lemuna. So now we ask, so if emuna by definition, is something that you don't understand, how is it possible to even have a muna? Because you don't even understand it. Good question. <laughs> right? It's funny, we've been... Jewish our entire lives, and we maybe never thought of that question, right? It means amuna is, truth is something that you understand. Amuna is something that you don't understand. So if you understand it, that means it's now MS, right? Everyone has their own MS and amuna on their level, right? But if you understand it, so it's not amuna anymore, now it's MS. So how's a shaykh to even have amuna? Because you don't even understand anything. So what is amuna? And more importantly, or, or equally as importantly, how do you come to amuna then? How do you, can you have something that you can't even understand to begin with? Where do you even get off the ground? Okay. The im came, okay. The al came, ikra munahu al yadeha ms. Therefore, the main amuna is through truth. Kiroi le habar das. He's going to explain that we don't have blind faith, that you only have amuna that's predicated on truth. Right? That's what it means that you join ms and amuna together. That you could only have faith. Predicated on MS. As Rav Dessler said, Rav Dessler spoke this out in the Mikhtab Eliyahu, he says this in uh, one or two places, remember, I don't remember exactly, but I remember seeing this years ago, that he says, Amuna begins where the mind ends. Right? Because he, he, he was probably coming off this. Right? He quoted Lukud Maran several times, that Amuna begins where the mind ends. So let's see. It, Amuna has to be predicated on truth. Right? Then it makes sense to believe. Right. <laughs> right? Okay, let's see how Rav Nassim's, his words are so sweet. Because it's fitting for anyone who has a mind, a brain in their mind. Who wants, who desires the tikkun of their soul and to have true success. It's a, they need to really look, there, take a good look at the truth without any ulterior motives at all. Because through this uh, desire to be uh, victorious, to be successful, a person is able to turn truth into falsehood, right? You're able to distort, like we learned in Torah Aleph, that the Yitzhahara is shows you the good is bad, and the bad is good, right? So if a person looks at truth with ulterior motives, with their ego, right, through their own distortions, so then they could flip the truth to the Sheker Chas V'Shalom. V'chol ha'lashona sh'oimrim be'emes yechon l'hapuch mehepech al-hepech ad e'en keitz v'tachlis v'afo pikein ha'emes u'echad. So a person could become so confused through searching and looking through their own distortions that the Ra becomes Tov and the Tov becomes Ra and it could go on like this. But he says, afo pikein ha'emes u'echad. 
But nevertheless, the truth, even if you're completely lost, the truth is still one. It's indivisible. It's MS. It's one. Right? Ve'al kein. Sarakol echad. It's amazing how it writes. Therefore, every individual, a person who wants to spare their souls and the souls of their kids and their grandkids and all the generations that are going to come out from them, until all the generations, till the end of time, do not fool yourself and err. Because you're only fooling yourself. And the word of God is going to be regardless of what you think about it. Right? Like the Pasuk says that the words of truth are established forever. It doesn't say the words that you, the words of truth that you established. It means it's not personal. Eletikon was established. Means that the truth is impersonal. It doesn't make it. It's not dependent on you, right? If I think, right, this this safer is black. If I come to back tomorrow, it's black. If I feel depressed, it's still black. If I'm happy, it's black. If I don't even know the safer exists, it's black, right? It's one. You're only fooling yourself, right? The truth is one. It remains one, no matter what, no matter what you think about it. This is echad, and this is tikkun. That the words of truth were established. It's impersonal. It's not dependent on your feelings. Right? Right? So, because this truth is an impersonal truth, it's something that Hashem put in the creation. Right, so even though we do get fooled and we do slip up and we do fall into the force of illusion, like we learned in Torah Aleph, right? Nevertheless, the truth is going to show it, reveal itself uh, in the future. Totally perfect, right? And he's going to explain more over here. Okay, ve'aklal, and the rule is. Right? Now he's going to introduce something over here. And the rule is, when a person desires to come to Emunah and Hashem and the true tzaddikim and true uh, a person needs to look. Now he, now he introduces a term over here. This term comes up in several places in Chazal. But, a, uh, but he used this term a lot. That a person needs to look at the MS. The MS la mito, truth is truth. Right? Right? And you shouldn't fool yourself all. You need to look at the truth with truth. Right? And then you'll definitely be zochet to a shlema. So you have to look at the, this is what he called MS or MS. Right? You have to look at the MS la mito, truth is truth. Right? You have to look at the root of truth itself. Not exactly sure what that means, but he spoke about this in many places. It means you can't fool yourself through your own, through your own a, uh, your own imprisonment or your own distortions. You have to look at the truth, the truth. You know, you have to look even deeper to the deepest thing. So, just to a uh, summarize over here, just to recap. So, what was Rabbi Nachman saying over here? He was saying that you have to look. Uh, you have to have. You only come to Amuna through MS. You have to join MS and Amuna together. 
right? So then he asked, I, but MS by Emuna by definition is something that you, you can't understand because if you understood it, it would then be truth. It would be MS. Right? So he said, you have to have Emuna that's predicated on MS. That you have to, it makes sense to believe. Right? That if you, and he goes on to explain, I'm not going to read all this inside, that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. Of course, that was true. And Hashem, as we're learning now, Hashem did 10 miracles, right? And had 10 makas, which were a punishment for the Mitzrayim and a healing for us. Of course, that was true, right? And Hashem split the sea. Of course, that was true. That doesn't require Emunah, right? That's MS. That's true. Right? Mm-hmm. And Hashem gave us the Torah and gave us Moshe Rabbeinu and Hashem brought us into Eretz Yisrael. Right? And nowadays Hashem brought us back into Eretz Yisrael. Right? And this is... So now that you have the MS and you look very, very well for MS's MS, you look for the MS Lamito to look for the Ratzon Hashem, that it's true that Hashem has been guiding the world with the exact Ashkach Pratis, now it makes sense to have a Muna. Right? So it's not just blind faith, just believe. Praise the Lord. Just believe. Right? You have a deeper amuna when it's predicated on truth. That you have to take emes and amuna together. So it's important to clarify. You like this? It's very good. Very good. Right? That. I had no idea what you were saying before. Oh, yeah. Well, right. Well, <laughs> you can always. And Rav Nassim explains this probably for about 10 pages. Literally. He goes on to explain about how if he, he, takes, a, he takes a little tangent. As he does, and he goes, he goes, of course, the Baal Shem Tov is true, and the stories they say about the Baal Shem Tov are true, and the, if you knew who he was, it doesn't require a Muna, it's truth, and people want to make up things and say the stories aren't true. He goes, you have to look at the Emesla Mito, you have to see that they're true, and of course they were true. If anyone who knew anything about the Baal Shem Tov would understand that these stories are true, you know. It's funny, like he deters and like, he goes on to think about, uh, about the uh, Baal Shem Tov. But a, uh, that's really a, a, uh, the idea over here. So just a quick recap. I think the whole thing was probably a Parsha connection this week. So we don't have, a, have to have a separate Parsha connection. And the quick recap over here is that the more we believe in our tefillahs, right, the more we believe in ourselves, so we're able to run towards this and believe in the Koach HaMachadesh of Hashem, that Hashem intervenes with creation and can rejuvenate things in the creation as He sees fit. And then Hashem listens to every tefillah, and Hashem loves our tefillahs, and Hashem uh, delights in ourselves. So as we saw from Rav Nassim and Sichas Aran, that the more a person believes in themselves, that seems to be the magical ingredient to uh, have your tefillahs answered, to get more out of tefillah, the, the belief in yourself. And it's not enough just to have emuna by itself, to take emuna by itself, and you have to have MS. With it, you have to join together truth. It needs to be faith predicated on truth. And uh, that's what Rav Dessler says, that Amuna begins where the mind ends. And I think, the, as I was trying to say before, like the bridge over here that between truth and Amuna, the segue in the Torah over here is that when you look for the truth, so the Mitzrayim, they were machas over the miracles. They said, oh, there's no miracles, there's no Nisim, but you have to look for the truth. You have to see the truth that really Hashem is guiding Teva. That Hashem says, I'm going to make the grass grow, the grass is going to grow. That Teva is also a miracle, right? So when you look at the truth, you look at the Emes Lamito, you look very, very well, now it makes sense to believe. Now you have a Muna, right? I mean, this goes in all areas. So when you believe in yourself, you see the truth of yourself, so your essential goodness, now it makes sense to believe, to have a Muna, that Hashem will now answer my tefillahs.
Because if you don't believe in yourself, what's the point of davening? Hashem's not going to answer my tefillahs anyways. You're going to have half-baked tefillahs, right? You're not really going to put your energy uh, into davening. And with this, let us remember to believe in ourselves, to have amuna, to join not just blind faith, but to have amuna predicated on MS, to t- take them both together. Vitandu uh, mesa v'armulu, it's better to have two than one. And a, uh, and that's it. Next week I'm not going to be here. And that's a wrap. Sure. Yeah. Liked it. <laughs>